Welcome back to the show, everybody. Got a fun episode for you today. Definitely going to be a lot shorter of an episode, but I'm doing like two to three episodes a week, so you're not missing out on a whole lot. But in this episode, I'm going to be reviewing the new Texas Chainsaw Massacre film on Netflix, as well as Space Force Season 2 and The Cuphead Show. Before any of that, I got a few pieces of movie news. So without further ado, let's cut to the intro. 106 miles to Chicago. We got a full tank of gas, half a pack of cigarettes, it's dark, and we're wearing sunglasses. Hit it. First piece of news here, this is from We Got This Covered. I'm not familiar with the site, but I trust it since it is an article about a tweet that James Gunn put out on his Twitter page. But the headline here says, James Gunn uh, teases potential Guardians of the Galaxy 3 cameo. Goes on to say, uh, director of Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3, James Gunn, has addressed a potentially big guest star for the upcoming Marvel flick. Guardians of the Galaxy 3 is currently filming and Gunn has kept kept up his ever-present social media profile with small hints and tidbits for the third installment of this series. Gunn took to Twitter again to share a photo with a series of Rick and Morty charms and collectibles, and it certainly has fans thinking the MCU is about to get a little schwifty. Hell yeah. So, the pic on his Twitter is like a bunch of Rick and Morty keychains with a bunch of different characters. You have Rick and Morty, obviously. Uh, You have Snowball, the uh, robotic dog. You have uh, Mr. Poopy Butthole. You have uh, Squanchy, Mr. Meeseeks. You have Toxic Rick. You have uh, uh, Eagle Eagle Man. I forget his name. Uh, And then you have Pickle Rick. But... The tweet says, forgot to post this yesterday. I was so busy trying to complete the week of filming on uh, hashtag got G volume three guardians of the galaxy volume three, obviously with a very special guest star day seven. Rick two has shown up still no idea who is doing this to my cart hashtag Rick and Morty. So it's led a lot of people to think that maybe Possibly the creator of Rick and Morty will be uh, in the movie. Or more likely, uh, well, you have Dan Harmon, who's the creator. But uh, who's who's the guy who does Rick? I always forget. I should know this shit. Um, Rick and Morty. Justin Roiland. So it's possible maybe Justin Roiland will show up. Maybe a different cast member of Rick and Morty. Possibly Dan Harmon could show up. But it's more likely that it'll be Justin Roiland. I think that'd be fucking awesome. uh, Since he does do the character of Rick and Morty. Um, But yeah, that would be so badass. For a second, when I opened up the article, I was thinking, are they going to put Rick and Morty in Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3? I mean, I could see it, but this isn't Space Jam A New Legacy. Let's not do that shit. But I don't think they would. But it'd be cool to get Justin Roiland in Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. Might just be kind of like a small cameo or possibly just a character created for the movie. But that'd be really cool. 
I love Rick and Morty, and I think a lot of fans would be really excited about that. So there's my first piece of news. Now on to the next. Next piece of news here comes from MovieWeb, and the headline is Amazon's Cinderella Musical Leads Oscars Fan Favorite Poll. The article goes on to say Cinderella is leading the pack in the race for the Oscars Fan Favorite Award. Recently, the Academy announced a Twitter poll wherein fans would vote for their favorite movie of 2021. The eligible title with the most votes accumulated by March 3rd will be recognized at the Academy Awards ceremony because there had been criticism about deserving movies getting snubbed. This will allow for the fans to have a chance to get their favorite film of 2021 uh, uh, honored at the Oscars. Initially, there had been an onslaught of votes for Zack Snyder's Justice League, the four-hour alternate cut of the Justice League that premiered on HBO Max last year. That film is not eligible as it is a director's cut, which I call bullshit. I think it should be eligible. But it wasn't long before Spider-Man No Way Home started racking up the fan votes of its own, which is not surprising. Um, Honestly, for me, I would either go with In the Heights or Spider-Man No Way Home. But uh, Spider-Man No Way Home was nominated for an Oscar. Which one was it? Let me see. Bear with me. I got the list here. I think it's at the bottom. Uh, Best visual effects. Yep, best visual effects. Uh, The two Marvel movies that got nominated for Oscars were both for visual effects, and that being Spider-Man No Way Home and Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings. But, yeah, uh, let's see what else this article says here. Deadline reports that Amazon's Cinderella movie has started dominating the competition and currently sits comfortably at the number one spot with the most Twitter votes in the hashtag Oscars fan favorite poll. So yeah, there you go. I haven't watched that movie, but I guess if it wins, I'll have to go back and check it out. I've seen some clips of it. I've I've seen some scenes, you know, people watching it in the house. I've, I've walked by it, but I just never watched it. Um, so maybe I'll have to check it out. Yeah, uh, on to the next piece of news. Last piece of news here comes from Screen Rant, and the headline here is Fantastic Beasts 3 trailer releases on Thursday confirms Jude Law. And the article goes on to say here, Jude Law confirms Fantastic Beasts, The Secrets of Dumbledore is finally getting another trailer this Thursday. Harry Potter's controversial prequel series Fantastic Beasts is gearing up for the release of its third film after some unexpected delays. Originally scheduled to premiere in November 2021, Fantastic Beasts 3 was pushed back when filming was delayed due to the coronavirus pandemic. The film has also endured an extra obstacle in the form of Johnny Depp being let go. Mads Mikkelsen was later brought in to fill the role of the dark wizard Gillard Grindelwald, Uh, After that, Fantastic Beasts, The Secrets of Dumbledore is now set to arrive in theaters this April. And uh, let's see here. I want to find an actual quote from Jude Law here, but I don't know if there is one. Uh, Is this it here? Fans got to look at one second here. Um, Bear with me. Dead air, 
dead air, dead air. Uh, in the lead up to its premiere, fans are encouraged to share their love for all things Dumbledore online. You can see Law's message down below. Uh, and this comes from the Fantastic Beasts Twitter, looks like. This week, join Dumbledore's first army and show your love for the beloved wizard. Share your cosplay, fan art, tattoos, favorite quotes, anything from Dumbledore related. Watch the new trailer for Fantastic Beasts, The Secrets of Dumbledore, Thursday, February 24th. So I'll definitely be, uh, definitely be talking about that trailer once it comes out. But, um... Not a huge fan of these Fantastic Beasts movie, to be honest. The first one was pretty good. The second one I did not like very much. And I'm worried about this third one. So I'd like to know what you guys think down below of this Fantastic Beasts series so far. Uh, whether you're a fan of it or not. And uh, let me know if you're looking forward to this movie or not. Love to uh, Would love to hear from you. But without further ado, let's get into my review for Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2022 is on Netflix now, and a lot of people are hating on it. Uh, I don't quite understand why. I can see kind of why people don't like it, but I don't understand why people are hating on it so much. I think it's a pretty decent film. It's very short. It's like an hour and 20 minutes, so they have to cram a lot into that, uh, into that amount of time, which I really don't know why they decided to make the movie that long. I wonder if the studio, like... Whatever studio uh, produced it or put it out, I wonder if they kind of limited them on their runtime. But you have Sarah Yarkin in here as Melody, Elsie Fisher as Lila. We have Jacob Lattimore as uh, Dante, Mo Dunford as Richter, Jessica Elaine, I think that's how you say it, as Catherine, Nell Hudson as Ruth, Alice Krieg as Miss, Miss Mac or Miss Mick. Excuse me. Um, and then we also have Mark Burnham as Leatherface and Olwyn Fourier, hopefully I'm saying that right, as Sally Hardesty, the lone survivor of the original film. And I'll be honest, I haven't seen the original film. I've seen the 2013 Texas Chainsaw Massacre with Alexander Daddario. Uh, I need to go back and watch the original. I know enough about it to fill in the blanks and understand the backstory but definitely got to check those out. I'll probably do that around Halloween time this year. Uh, go back and watch all the Texas Chainsaw Massacre films and probably do a ranking for them. But here's the synopsis for you. After nearly 50 years of hiding, Leatherface returns to terrorize a group of idealistic young friends who accidentally disrupt his carefully shielded world in a remote Texas town. This film was directed by David Blue Garcia, the screenplay is written by Chris Thomas Devlin. Uh, the story is by Fed Alvarez and Rodo Sayagues. I'm probably saying that wrong. Uh, but Fed Alvarez, or Fred Alvarez, and uh, and uh, what was the other one's name? Rodo Sayagues. I'm, again, probably butchering that name. Uh, they both worked on the Don't Breathe films. Um Fed Alvarez directed the first one, as well as writing the script alongside uh, Roto Sayagues. Again, sorry if I'm uh, sorry if I'm butchering your last name there. But they also worked on 2013's Evil Dead. Um, so yeah, they've done some kind of horror aspect kind of films or horror elements. 
Uh, I guess you could say, I mean, Evil Dead definitely is horror, but uh, I would say that uh, Don't Breathe is a little more thriller than anything. But, um, yeah, I thought the film was pretty good, to be honest. It wasn't great. You know, you didn't really get to know much about any of the characters, except for maybe Melody and Lila, who are sisters in the film. Um, and there's a little backstory to them that you get filled in throughout the film that I found to be pretty interesting, and I thought they did quite well. Um, I won't spoil what that is there, but I, I recommend you check this film out. If you Definitely, if you're a, you're a horror fan, I think you might enjoy this film. But, I don't know, I guess I'm not a diehard scary movie fan to know what's what's the best kind of stuff out there. But, I had fun with it, overall. I'd rewatch it around Halloween time. Um, you know, some of the writing might, might not be the greatest. But I think they did a pretty good job with trying to fit everything into an hour and 20 minutes. So, there you go. Again, really don't know why people are hating on it so much, but I would like to know your opinion. Definitely comment that comment that down below if you're listening on YouTube, or watching, rather. Uh, I'd like to know what your opinion is. I really want to ask people, like, f- for people who don't like this movie, I really want to ask them, why is that? Like, what's your reasoning? Because I'm sure a lot of people that hate on this film have a wide range of different um, opinions on why the film isn't good, and I'd like to know those, uh, those opinions there, you know, it's just my opinion, I think the film is pretty decent, I'm gonna give it a 6 out of 10, but I'm sure there's a lot of people that, that do not like this film and would probably give it, like, a, a 0 or a 1, and I'd really like to, uh, understand why, so, yeah, comment down below, tell me what you thought of, 2022's Texas Chainsaw Massacre. And a few other things I want to add here. I really wasn't a huge fan of 2021's Halloween Kills, and I thought this movie did it a little bit better, what that film was kind of trying to go for, in terms of uh, the kill count, which that's that's as much as I'll say about the new Texas Chainsaw Massacre, is there's a very high kill count uh, compared to the other films as far as I know. And uh, that's something Halloween Kills did as well. But I think this film did it a little bit better. There's a really amazing scene in this film, which I won't spoil. But it's intense. And uh, probably one of the best, most goriest scenes I've seen in a horror movie for, for years, probably. Or maybe ever. I haven't seen something done like that before. And... Uh, Damn, it was it was crazy to watch. So, I don't know. I, if you haven't watched the film, I'd recommend you check it out. If you're not a huge scary movie fan, I understand. Don't check it out. It might not be for you. But um, if you're a fan of Texas Chainsaw Massacre, I'd like to know what you think of this film. Uh, whether you love it or hate it. I don't know. I really need to go back and watch those other films now and see how they compare to this one. Because... I guess I'm just not understanding what what the big hate is about it. I think there's a lot of really great kills in the film. Um, you know, there's not a whole lot of character development, but it's fun, at least. I had a lot of fun with it. And, 
yeah, like I said, it's something I'd watch again. But there's my review for 2022's Texas Chainsaw Massacre on Netflix. Now on to Space Force Season 2. Space Force Season 2. So, uh, there's only seven episodes, I believe. Let me fact check that real quick. Pretty sure I'm right. But, um, yeah. I gotta be yep, seven episodes. I gotta be honest, this show is just not good. Like, no shade towards the writers or the actors or anything like that. But, like, goddamn. I guess Steve Carell is one of the writers on it and created by him as well as Greg Daniels and written by him as well. Ah. <sighs> It's a shame, because Greg Daniels has done some amazing stuff, like uh, The Office, Parks and Rec, King of the Hill, uh, what else? That's all I'm seeing at the moment, but he's worked on some Simpsons, Saturday Night Live, Seinfeld. This dude has done some amazing fucking things, and I don't understand this show. Like, there's actors in here that I love, like um, one of them being Ben Schwartz. I'm a huge Ben Schwartz fan. And he plays the character F. Tony Scarapaducci. Hopefully I'm saying that right. His character is probably the best one just because he has the most to him. He's the most interesting out of all of them. And he's the most fun. Everyone else I don't have fun with. Like, the first season wasn't that bad. Like, a lot of people hated it. And I was just like, it's not terrible. It's not good. But with this season, like, there's just no substance to it. There's no personality to this season. There, there's barely anything going on. The biggest thing happens at the very end. And this season is just full of, I don't know, relationship problems. And that's, that's honestly the biggest thing. Um, I mean, there is some stuff going on with space. And, like, after the events of the first season, their, uh, the Space Force's uh, budget gets cut in half. So they have to deal with that. But really, like... There's just not much to it. <laughs> I mean, they have all these really great actors in here. You have Steve Carell as uh, General Mark Naird. You have John Malkovich as uh, Dr. Adrian Mallory. Um, I mean, you even have some other comedians in here. Jimmy O. Yang as Dr. Chan uh, Kaifing. I love Jimmy O. Yang. He's hilarious. You also have Tani Newsom in here as Captain Angela Ali. She was one of the standouts of the first season. And uh, she's okay in this season, but I don't know. It's a little disappointing, but at the same time, I wasn't expecting much. So, like, I'm not really too let down. But come on. <laughs> like, wow. Throughout the entire season. And I got towards, like, episode five, and I'm like, wow, there's really just little to no conflict in this season. There's not much going on. I, like, by the time I got to episode five, I was like, shit, this... This show is almost done. This season is almost done. I have two episodes left after this. Uh, I'm wondering how they're going to pull us all together. And they don't, really. They don't. When it comes to, like, the Marvel shows on Disney+, Plus, you know, you get a certain amount of episodes, and by the second to last episode, you're like, I don't know how this is going to all wrap up, because I feel like there's just still so much. But they almost always nail the ending. And with this, it's just like... This isn't really leading up to much. It really wasn't. And things just kind of happened in this season. For no, like, real apparent reason. And a lot of the comedy in the show just completely misses as well. Like, a lot of it's just not that funny. Or not funny at all. But, um... I will say there's things in this season that made me laugh. 
Not to say there's things that didn't make me laugh at all. There were moments that made me laugh, some that made me laugh a lot, but those moments were were very brief and and were very few of those uh of those moments. I don't recommend this second season. If you haven't even watched the first season, I don't recommend that either. I usually don't hate on a movie or TV show this much, but come on. With the people behind this show, I feel like it should be a lot better than it is, and it's just not. The first season had a decent story to it, but with this, it's just like, there's really not much to it. It's, it's again, I would say it's disappointing, but I wasn't expecting anything from it. But at the same time, I'm a little disappointed because I'm just like, with these amazing actors and these amazing writers, why isn't this show working? I really don't know. Again, no shade towards the actors or the creators or the writers. I think they're all great. There's just something about this show that's just not quite working for them. And not every show that you do or not every movie that you do is going to be a hit. Um, and I don't see this show lasting much longer with the trajectory that it's on. <sighs> so there you go. There's my rant for uh, for season two of Space Force. I mean, if you want to watch it, go ahead, but you're not missing out on much. So, yeah. <laughs> That's all I have to say about that. Let's go on to my uh, my last review for the new Cuphead show on Netflix. The Cuphead show is a new show on Netflix and based off of the games, which I don't know much about, but... Based on some of the gameplay I've seen, this show reminds me a bit of that. And you have, let me see, True Valentino as Cuphead, Frank Todero as Mugman, Joe Hanna as Elder Kettle, and Luke Millington Drake as the Devil. Which, this is a TVY7 show, and they have the Devil in there. So it's really up to some parents whether you want your kids watching it or not. Uh, there are darker themes to the show involving death and... Um, like monsters and ghosts and stuff like that. So I would recommend watching a few episodes first and then deciding how you feel about showing your kid this show. Uh, I don't think it'll scar them for life, but again, it has darker themes. And I won't lie, it has some adult humor in it that will definitely blow over kids' heads and they, uh, well, fly over kids' heads. Um, they won't understand it. But the adults will. And it kind of reminds me of Spongebob in that way. Where that was pretty full of adult humor. But it was very subtle. To the point where only if a parent was watching they'd understand it. And Spongebob was originally made to be an adult show. But it ended up being a kid's show. Um, Again, I don't know much about the games. But uh, I have seen the gameplay. And there were certain elements of this uh, this show that reminded me of it. Really love the animation style goes back and forth between cartoon kind of claymation and some like somewhat excuse me cgi and uh i like when animation blends different styles like that i think that's really cool and that's kind of what we're going to be getting with the new uh rescue rangers um movie i think it's a movie yeah i like when uh shows and movies that are animated kind of switch up animation styles um, I really like the animation of Into the Spider-Verse. Not saying it's anything like this, but I don't know. I just think it's cool when they switch things up like that. And I don't know if the game is exactly like that. I think it might be. But the characters in here are fun for the most part. They don't like 
get into too specifics. I feel like Mugman and Cuphead are probably brothers, but I can't say for sure. And it's never specified whether uh, Elder Kettle is their father or not. I mean, it wouldn't really make sense in terms of, like, science. But the fact that we have these inanimate objects with personalities, you know, science is thrown out the window. So who knows? Uh, maybe some fans know. But if you know more about Cuphead, uh, let me know down in the comments. Like, I don't know, educate me a little bit on uh, what the story is with Cuphead and the kind of things that they do. And if you've seen the show, tell me what you thought. And uh, tell me if you thought it was a good adaptation of the game. But that's really all I have to say about it. Not a really long episode today. But it is at the end here. And I just want to thank you guys for listening. I'm on Facebook and Instagram at Pop Culture Podcast. The link in the bio of my Instagram page will take you to my website where you can find where to watch this on YouTube, where to listen on all major podcast platforms. You can also find a link to my merch store there made through TeePublic. I have one design available right now. It's my Pop Culture Podcast logo. I think they look really cool. You can get it on multiple different merch items mugs blankets uh you know baby clothes you can get t-shirts hoodies whatever you want really so it w i would really appreciate if you go pick up a merch item from me it supports me it supports the podcast and as i always say in a way it supports small creators so that's all i have for this episode i will see you in the next one mm -hmm.